This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Yesterday, the World Health Organization reported the largest single-day increase in coronavirus cases by its count at more than 183,000 new cases in 24 hours. Brazil and the United States are currently the two hotspots with India behind them, and this comes as restrictions are being lifted around the world. And authorities are warning about a second wave, which could be even more deadly. And never mind the second wave that's supposed to come in the fall. These are new spikes that are coming with eased restrictions. So just to give you some perspective, overall, there have been 8.7 million cases worldwide with nearly 462,000 deaths. Here at home, the number of new COVID-19 cases in Ontario continues to trend down with fewer than 200 uh, reported once again today. So today's number is 161. And we have just learned that things are opening up here in Toronto on Wednesday in 48 hours. In the meantime, we saw the mayor uh, upset about a big party on Cherry Beach and uh, in other parts where there were beaches that were legally open in other regions uh, in the greater Toronto area. I can tell you there were big crowds there too. So should we be worried or is this a good thing? Uh, let me give you the numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now let's go to Dr. Prabhat Jha, who is an ep- epidemiologist at St. Michael's Hospital in the University of Toronto, and Dr. Samantha Hill, who is president of the Ontario Medical Association. Thanks for being with us. Welcome. Good morning. Or good, good afternoon. Good morning. Good afternoon. Uh, Dr. Ja, is uh, is this a good thing, the reopening, or is it fraught with danger? I think we had no choice but to reopen, uh, given the extraordinary economic harm that it is causing. And I think the reopening in Ontario has been done on the whole uh, reasonably cautiously with identified benchmarks of a certain number of cases uh, per um, per day expected. So I think it's being done. What's interesting, um, Libby, is if you look at the global scenario, what we've got is the number of cases continues to expand, and in part that reflects uh, the expanded testing. So Ontario took a long time to get its testing story uh, or testing strategies right, but now it's more than 20,000 Uh, each day or more than 20,000 tested, which is exactly where we wanted to be. And yet the percentage of those testing positive, even as the numbers get tested, generally is continuing to decline. So that's all good news. The other important piece of news, which is I pay a lot of attention to, not the case data, but the death data. And why is that? Well, casing Case uh, test is, is are dependent on whether you test sick people or very healthy people go get tested. So that changes over time. But deaths are actually a very good way uh, and not as biased by changes in who gets tested. 
And there, again, if you look at the Ontario numbers or the Canadian numbers, we've seen steady declines in the numbers of deaths in the more recent weeks than certainly at the peak. Uh, And that's also reassuring. Um, If deaths aren't peaking, that also is a sign that or not resurging, and that's also a sign that the hospitals aren't being flooded, our nursing homes aren't seeing the catastrophe that we faced earlier on in April. So I think on the whole, there's more good than bad news in Canada. It's a very different scenario outside of Canada, of course. Dr. Hill, um, I'm assuming doctors are looking forward to a reopening? Well, absolutely. I mean, I've been saying from the beginning that it's really important that we strike the proper balance as we move forward. Uh, that's been the OMA's stance since, you know, we first started talking about reopening. Obviously, reopening the economy is important for people, for their finances, their social and psychological well-being, their developmental needs. But at the same time, we really aren't quite out of the woods yet. And as we reopen, we need to ensure that safety remains a top priority. It's um, It's easy to feel that we're past this and while we are certainly in a much better place than we were worried we might be at this time a few months ago um, like you said at the very beginning it's concerning about what's going on on the beaches and it's concerning about the mixed messages that the public is getting or at least that they're hearing and we really do need to work together with the government and obviously everyone in media so I thank you for taking the time to to do this show because um, we need to make sure that there's clear and consistent information on all of these measures that's really easy to understand, really easily available, and is regionally based. Um, even as we reopen, not everywhere is reopening, right? Windsor is still being held behind, and the people of Windsor and the people surrounding Windsor need to understand why that is and what the differences are, um, because if they understand it, they will comply. They've shown that over the last three months. Dr. Um, Hill, okay. yeah. uh, we know that a lot of the other problems that people have, medical problems, have not been looked after, uh, both because all of those things were rationed to make sure that we had capacity for COVID-19 and also people with, uh, you know, things like heart attacks and, and whatever else uh, were reluctant to go to an emergency ward. The other thing I've heard, and this is frankly anecdotal, yesterday I was talking to a friend of mine who's been doing a lot of emergency radiology, and she was very frustrated about uh, literally having trouble finding cancers and having trouble finding family doctors so that these people could get informed and then get in line to get their treatment. How big a problem is that? Well, I think family doctors, for the most part, have been open and around. Obviously, staffing's been cut down with the uh, the current challenges. And I think that speaks to the fact that our community infrastructure is still quite unstable at this point. But um, family doctors should be available and she should be able to reach their family doctors through a variety of means, including virtual care, email, phone, etc., What I think you're stressing, though, is the significant backlog of medical care from the last three months. And the truth of the matter is, is that community doctors are still uncertain. They're uncertain about the availability of PPE. They need to put in all sorts of um, measures in place to make sure that patients coming into their office stay safe and that that office doesn't become a nidus for spreading COVID. And we really need to make sure, as you were referencing in the last segment of your show about vulnerable populations and making sure we have all the extra care and precautions needed for them. So it is a challenge. There are a lot of issues with the healthcare system and our ability to continue to do our part as providers is is not over.
Dr. Ja, is is there going to be another health care crisis resulting from this, from all the backlogs? I don't believe so. I mean, where uh, we know that the emergency rooms um, visits have gone way down. And one of the important things now that needs to be done is uh, to look at the excess deaths that occurred in April. It's, it's quite clear that there was a big excess of deaths, let's say, versus April of 2019 or 2018. And then understand by careful review of those whether, in fact, almost all of that excess was due to COVID or were there, in fact, people dying from untreated heart attacks or other conditions. Uh, The UK analysis, which is uh, coming out soon, suggests their excess of deaths was almost all due to COVID and particularly in nursing homes. Now, what that means, and I agree with, uh, with Dr. Hill, that we've got to get people's confidence that it is safe to engage in medical care. Uh, it's safe to take the TTC in, in Toronto. I take the TTC to work because uh, we're doing some emergency COVID research, and I'm with a mask and very careful attention of where my gloves or where my hands are all the time, and with hand washing on both ends, I actually feel quite comfortable taking the TTC of no concerns. Um, but w- part of the art here is to take the vast and sometimes confusing amount of epidemiological data and try to really distill it down to things that people understand and can act upon. I think Canadian citizens have been exemplary in their response and their social cohesion to the uh, pandemic. Uh, But as Dr. Hill said, now we've got to have the public health authorities communicate very clearly what are the really important considerations Um, And one of them remains that for anyone with uh, illness of any type suspect, the best thing to do is uh, stay at home and immediately get tested. The testing sites now have opened in many places and really encouraging anyone who's got even uh, the the most, uh, you think, the innocent symptoms, you think, go get tested right away and stay at home until you do. Don't go to the doctor's office. Don't go to the emergency room. So we've got to communicate these in a way that people understand. And then we've also got to communicate that the risk of transmission is actually very, very small in most general settings. I mean, in crowded settings, like in a crowded doctor's office, of course, that would be of concern. But if you're talking about uh, going out, um, quite frankly, even at the beach, if you're keeping some distance, then the risk is uh, the risk is small. So I think the important communication task still lies ahead, because part of opening the economy is really are people comfortable saying, okay, I'm fine to take the bus, and I'm fine to go to the office and interact with others, uh, and once only when they feel confident will we get our workforce uh, to to be back at work. So, Dr. Hill, um, what can people go and, you know, there have been virtual visits and phone visits, and by the way, I've heard a lot about uh, technological problems 
with all of it. Um, what can people think about seeing their doctors for? Is it is it still something that you would leave for an emergency or their regular screening and and uh, regular? I mean, another thing that we've heard have gone by the wayside are regular vaccinations. Uh, what should people think about seeing their doctors for? Thanks so much for that question. So first and foremost, Ontario's doctors are open for business. We're here to help. Um, I think that if someone has a concern, whether it's a routine visit or a new concern, that they should pick up their phone and call their doctor, leave a message, and trust that their doctor will respond to them with the best way to get that problem addressed. And sometimes that'll be a phone call. Sometimes it'll be one of those uh, facilitated visits, which are the ones I think we've both been hearing about having challenges. And sometimes it'll be an in-person visit. And if it is an in-person visit, you need to trust that your physician has done what is necessary to keep you as safe as possible and that the risks of not coming in um, outweigh the risks of coming in. Quite frankly, I agree with most of what Dr. Jess said, but I'm not so certain we're not heading towards a bit of a health crisis. Um, as you know, I'm a cardiac surgeon, and we're already 700 cases behind where we were last year at this time. We can already account for, we believe, about 35 to 40 additional deaths compared to last year at this time, frankly, because of the backlog of health care. And we aren't ramping up, and we don't have the capacity to ramp up to recoup those losses Um, As we move forward, the hospital system just doesn't have that kind of reserve. We usually work at 100, 110% capacity. So um, it's going to take some very careful planning between the physicians and the government to make sure that we address the most urgent, the most necessary care first. We are all well aware that preventative care is much better than delayed care. I'm talking to Dr. Prabhat Jha, who is an epidemiologist at St. Michael's and the University of Toronto. And Dr. Jha, you've been saying Canadians have been great, but there is this COVID fatigue setting in. And a lot of people, I think, are are getting just a, a lot less careful. What kind of a problem is that? Well, we know that as uh, the movement uh, increases and um, people start moving around, we will have uh, spikes in cases. That's inevitable, and that's the trade-off of uh, reopening, uh, the necessary reopening of the economy. Uh, I think the the key thing is to make sure that uh, people are aware of what they should do in those scenarios. And I keep coming back to the really important uh, aspect of getting tested. And I'll just give you a an anecdote, which is, how do epidemiologists like us go back to work? Well, we're doing a national antibody study where we're trying to survey um, something like 10,000 Canadians to send them a kit uh, to have them uh, take a home blood spot, and we'll look for antibodies to get an understanding of how many people have been infected in Canada. So to do the study, we needed to get back to work. So what we did is very sensibly say, well, as epidemiologists, let's do what I call reverse contact tracing. So all of us did screening questions to say, have we been in any risk? But we also added one extra thing, which is, are we looking after any seniors or any of us working in, let's say, long-term care institutions or our spouses so that we're not bringing infection either from there to our setting or from us to their settings. And then we've adopted a protocol in our office, uh, which involves walking in one particular direction, everyone wearing masks, 
absolutely having um, uh, strict hand washing protocols. And uh, all of us have gotten a baseline test, uh, which all is negative. And uh, after we complete our work, which should be in a couple of weeks, we're going to get retested again. And the expectation is all of us will stay negative. So it does show, I mean, our aim is to show that you can return safely if you have good understanding of how to make yourself in a lower risk category and how you use very sensible infection control practices, which really involve hand washing and making sure you know where your hands are all the time. Uh, are you suggesting that workplaces should have their, their workers tested before they come back to work? And is that practical? No, I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting the following. We're doing it to demonstrate, partly to get a higher standard of proof, So, because the hospital wanted, uh, wanted this, uh, to show that as, as one unit of about 10 people returns to work, that we're absolutely safe. So that's an extra thing that we've put in. But what I am recommending is that um, two things. One is the public health authorities and the province have to give guidelines to employers on how to restart. And a key part of that will be testing. So a couple of the people in our office, for example, reported uh, some symptoms, like they didn't come in. They said, oh, I've got a bit of a, a sore throat. So immediately we put in our protocol saying, don't uh, don't come in, don't go to the hospital or your doctor, go immediately to the testing site near you, get tested and stay at home until you get your result. And thankfully, both of those folks were negative and now they're back to work. That resource should be available province-wide. And I think it's the onus is on the Ontario government to make sure that testing is available. And now, we, we would also have a protocol that if, let's say, one of those people were positive, then there would be the public health requirement that because we've been exposed, the rest of us will need to get tested. So I think each employer has to have very clear guidelines, use the testing facilities of the province, and make sure that people understand that that combination of testing and very good simple infection control practices mean that you know, we're comfortable at work um, and comfortable returning to work. And I must say our office, I mean, we were all a bit nervous the first time we started. Um, but now, about two weeks in, uh, people are a lot more comfortable about these practices. And it's become second nature to, for example, wash or wear a mask and when we talk to each other and so forth. Okay, let's take a call from Norm in Niagara Falls. Hi, Norm. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Oh, I'm well. Thank you. Uh, yeah, well, I'm hanging back, as you said, from... Uh, I'm hanging back from the haircuts and the uh, patio uh, simply because, uh, you know, I know it's not necessary now. Uh, I have more trust in uh, the health experts than in the politicians. Uh, not, I'm not really criticizing uh, Premier Ford, but as I said, I, I, I'm trusting the health experts more. And, uh, you know, I don't have any underlying health issues. I've been healthy, you know, a lot of years in my life. Uh, I'm not on medications. And uh, my back, my legs, my feet, 
my hands, their own, and my heart are in good shape. Good to hear I, that. I donate blood uh, every two months. I'm a universal donor. And you want to you want you want to stay that way as long as possible, right? Well, I I do. Yeah, I mean, I self isolate at home. I mean, I have a computer, uh, I have the internet, I have YouTube, uh, and uh, you know, uh, I know how to keep myself occupied. Uh, like I, Sounds... I'm not going stir crazy. Okay, Norm. Thanks for uh, that. Can I just give a Thank you for that. Uh, we're starting to run out of time. Uh, Dr. Ja, are, are you getting a haircut? Uh, my daughter cut my hair at, uh, in the backyard, but <laughs> I will get a haircut. I mean, she did a good job, but I could uh, get one, but I will get a haircut. Again, I, I you think, what? how does an epidemiologist look about this? I think we what we try to do is to say, who's at low risk? So the gentleman who called, even if he was infected and didn't know it and was sitting at home for two weeks, the virus would have basically died and he wouldn't infect anyone. So I think everyone who's been at home for two weeks, if you can build a circle of friends by asking that, are you safe? Are you not traveling? You know, the usual questions, not traveled anywhere, had any symptoms? And are you likely not to go in? to work to a nursing home or a hospital, or you're looking after seniors, because for those people, you have to have extra caution. But if we build these sensible things, so if I ask my barber, you've been at home for two weeks, yes, and um, you're gonna wear a mask, absolutely no concerns about getting a haircut, Um, no concerns about getting on a plane, uh, again, sensibly, I'm not saying I'm going to go around and be heroic uh, because we think the virus somehow, you know, we're immune to it, but using sensible guidelines, and this is what I'm very much hoping the provincial government and the public authorities will do, because I think Canadians are very good users of information, and we just need to treat them intelligently and give the information in the way that, you know, we ourselves would follow. Okay, um, we're basically out of time. Dr. Prabhat Jha, thank you very much for that. Appreciate your input. You're welcome, Libby. Okay, bye-bye. And that's all the time we have for today. But wait a minute, before we go, I want to give out the number of our voicemail. And if you couldn't get through or you have something else to say, leave us a voicemail, 416-367-9636. That's 416-367-9636. And that's all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.